Welcome into the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, Harrison tries to run a, a, a victory lap, probably stumbles around a little bit, runs a little bit like a, a newly born giraffe, and then rejoins the show grabbing his hamstring. Harrison, how are you doing? You know, a lot better than if I would actually try to run. Yeah, if I tried to do a literal <laughs> victory lap, I would definitely injure something. I mean, you're talking to a groin who, or a guy who tore his <laughs> groin. <laughs> a groin he tore his guy? Yeah, a guy who tore his groin once when lifting a friend's wheelchair and once when laughing so hard at one of your jokes. No joke. I mean, or I at least re-injured it. I was laughing so hard at something that you said on one of these podcasts. Um, should we – Should because we, um, we, we missed an opportunity at the end of your appearance on the Anthony Irwin show earlier in this week, and uh, we didn't talk about your most embarrassing athletic moment. Should we, should we do that and start on like my- a lighter note? No, it, it's my life. I, I would say let's save it for the end. But overall, like short answer, it's my life. Yes. Uh, no, but <laughs> what, what's your uh, most embarrassing athletic moment? Yes. Next yeah. question. <laughs> but no, I'm, I am, I, like I was telling you before we went on the air, I'm like Kevin O'Connor. I am pumped and jacked because it's like, I don't know what it means to have this much power coursing through my body that I just single-handedly willed Russell Westbrook to the Lakers. I mean, it probably had more to do with Russell Westbrook and LeBron and like AD and people like that. But I'm going to pretend that it was my standing for him on the last podcast that made it happen. So, you know, I'm ready. I'm I'm ready to, you know celebrate and do some like wild Russell Westbrook poses. And I mean, I honestly may bring the podcast fedora back. I think that we all just need to live our life with Westbrook (laughs) heat checks. Now this is exciting. I'm ready to go. I I know that a lot of people are upset at how much they gave up. I have some rebuttals to that, but I also like, you know, I've taken my victory lap. Now I am, I, I feel like I definitively won the argument last week you know, to this point now, because clearly Palinka listened to it and he's like, you know what? Harrison made better points. I'm going to go trade for Russ. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I don't know. How are you doing? Are you excited? I'm doing great. It's lovely. (laughs) It's a great, it's a great, great night to be Anthony Irwin. Uh, I will say the Lakers leaked to Woj that they were going to trade for heel just to prank you specifically. (laughs) (laughs) And then we're like, no, just kidding. Westbrook. Like they just wanted to make this as much of a gut punch to you. (laughs) Who do you think? No, No, who do you think they enjoyed, you know, ruining their day more me or Woj? (laughs) (laughs) Woj was shook. He got like two draft pick trades wrong. Like he, you know, Rob Palenka definitely punked him. You know, that was like an Allen Iverson step over that just had him in his head, I think. Yeah, I uh, so I do want to say that like a, a successful trade took place today. The Dodgers traded for Max Scherzer and Trey Turner and uh, improved their World Series chance, uh, chances. Uh, the Lakers have done something other than that, I think. So we, <laughs> the Lakers are not going to win the World Series is what I'm saying. So it's good to know. <laughs> um, let's start with the actual facts and and where we're at right now, right? Because this is going to be an evolving situation over the next few days, because the trade cannot be uh, could not be actually cannot come to fruition, uh, because the Lakers are still currently hard capped under the previous calendar uh, NBA year, right? So we yes. we still have to wait for what this trade finally looks like. 
Lakers fans, I know and you And they want also to need Kuz's deal to become $13 million instead yeah. of what it is currently as well. That, that's the other that's part you. of this. They uh-huh. need his new extension to kick in officially kick in. because otherwise the cap math doesn't work. I know Lakers fans, you're hoping that that means the Lakers can expand the trade and go out and get Buddy Heald. But I, I, just, I just don't think that's how this is going to go. Maybe, maybe we'll see them. I, I I just don't I don't I don't necessarily see that. But right now, what we know is that the Lakers are sending Kyle Kuzma, KCP, and Montrez Harrell along with tonight's uh, number twenty-two pick, which wind up being Isaiah Jackson. Who, by the way, listeners of of my show will know. <laughs> and I said I was interested in for the Lakers. When I spoke to Ricky O'Donnell. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I love that Rob Polinka won a championship and then decided to like send his either either continue to win or, according to you, send his tenure up in flames just to troll you specifically. <laughs> I he remember the guy with the pick that you wanted <laughs> and put it in the trade for the guy that you hate. <laughs> I said I said on the I should actually have clipped what I said to Ricky O'Donnell, but I, I said basically that, yeah, I would like for the Lakers, if they are going to use this pick, to use it on a player who has a super narrow skill set, who only has to do like three things every time they step on the court and then figure it out from there. And I brought up Isaiah Jackson as like, he could be the Damian Jones type who just walks out onto the court, dunks everything that he touches and tries to block everything at the rim. And and lo and behold, Isaiah Jackson winds up being the Lakers pick, who who is now apparently going to Indiana, if I have that correct. Yes, yeah. Uh, so I, I, one of the Holiday brothers, that Aaron Holiday, yeah, who I okay. really like. Also, he's a I think he's a solid um, NBA point guard out of uh, UCLA. But so, so uh, if you were ranking the trade, you're like Wizards, then Pacers, then Lakers, <laughs> as far as like who comes out in it. Uh, well, I think the winner in the trade is pretty clearly the Wizards, right? Like they they did this according to Woj uh, with Bradley Beal in mind. When earlier this week it was it was reported that Bradley Beal would not want to stick around if Russell Westbrook is traded, and that if uh, the the other version of it was that Bradley Beal would be moved, and then obviously Russell Westbrook would be moved as part of the rebuild. Um, but regardless, it sounds like per multiple reports that uh, Beal wants to stick around in Washington and given what was going on there and what the alternatives could have been, I think they wind up being the big winners just by convincing their star to stick around. It's not like LeBron or Anthony Davis were like, if we don't have Russell Westbrook, we're leaving. Yeah. I mean, so I think as far as the Beal thing, I think it's hilarious that essentially the leaks were afterwards that because it's like they have his full bird rights. They could pay him whatever they wanted regardless. But Mm -hmm. after Beal got, after Westbrook got traded, it's like, well, now Washington can afford to give Beal the super max. And so he's excited to stay there. And honestly, respect to Bradley Beal because it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, he, that man just decided I do not care about winning at basketball. I care about winning at life. I want to get paid in like a low stakes environment. I'm going to get to compete for scoring titles, never be held accountable on defense a single second of my life. And, you know, no high pressure, nothing. And I get to make like 200 million, you know, honestly, who doesn't want to live that life? So good for Bradley Beal. You know what? That's my life. Except I get held accountable for every single thing that I say. <laughs> well, Bradley Beal work also works more than 10 minutes a day and takes 10 times as much Twitter vitriol. So I think, you know, I, th- I think it breaks even. All right. So 
the uh, from the Lakers side of things, they were going to lose Montrezl Harrell no matter what, right? Either he was going to opt out or he was going to be included in some kind of a trade. He didn't want to be a Laker anymore. I think we, you and I, are both comfortable in in saying that. That it was, was pretty not, clear. <laughs> this this was not some trade secret. Montrezl Harrell was not going to be a Laker next year. So losing him, not that big of a deal. Also, when you include the fact that he couldn't, he can't play in the postseason. He's not. He's he's an eighty-two game player. He is not a sixteen win player. Uh, so that's not. That's so not, I'm not losing any sleep over that. Absolutely psyched to go to the Kings in that case. He's like, I can never right. get exposed. Or the Wizards. It's like that's his Bradley. Be- yeah, I guess Wizards too. You know, yeah. he's, he gets to go somewhere where no one's ever going to yell at him for playoff failures because they're not going to make it. Exactly. So, so uh, losing Trez, not that big of a deal. Losing Kuzma, uh, kind of a bummer because he is, uh, I think, a valuable defender. I think he's very underrated as a defender. That was one of the things that I was kind of bummed to see in the discourse regarding this trade is that anytime anybody mentioned any kind of defense regarding Kuzma, it was immediately a refrain back to, no, 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 the guy still can't guard his own shadow, stay in front of his own shadow, um, which is just objectively false and yeah. and and he's then not but, a defensive stopper but he he's a helpful defensive player yeah, he is a yeah. credible defensive player and he's of a size that helps defensively right yeah and and but all that said a player who was not going to be back next year right like it was very clear because the lakers were shopping him as extensively as they were shopping him it wasn't just sacramento it wasn't just washington it was also reportedly indiana and it was probably to a it was every team was in the league per road. yeah there was <laughs> rob Polinka was just sending the u up you want kuz text to every right. team in the league yeah he hit reply all with kuz is is <laughs> <laughs> what he did there and so so like and 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 also like on kuz's side of that equation also he didn't seem that interested in coming back to the lakers if it was just going to be as a 3 and D player he wants to see if he can expand his game he's at that age uh he's at that stage of his career where he still thinks he can figure that out. Now, I I have doubts. I don't think he can extend. He he flat out could not have extended his role on the Lakers, given the other guys on this roster. Um, so he was go- always probably going to be somewhere else. Um, the KCP part of this is the is the to me the real loss here. Like that that is the guy who I am concerned the Lakers are going to have a tough time replacing because. He is a versatile perimeter defender. We've seen him guard point guards and shooting guards. He's not good against bigger wings. So anybody who was hoping to ever see that from him, I don't know what you were watching from him. And also, like, while he shot poorly in the playoffs, we are one season removed from seeing him shoot lights out in the finals and route to the Lakers winning a championship, right? So I think he was a valuable 3 and D player. And him being in this deal is the one legitimate asset lost. You know, I, I they were probably going to trade the twenty two pick anyway, so I don't really consider that a lost that lost asset either. I just think the Lakers are, for are a second, in a tougher spot here with KCP. For uh, a second, pour one out for Lakers draft Twitter though on that twenty second pick. Like there, there was you know there were a lot of people, Mike Garcia included, who came on our podcast mm-hmm. and put a lot of time into you know we gotta take this seriously. You know we gotta we gotta find who the best guy for the Lakers is going to be, and it's just like nope, 
they didn't care. They were like, nope, this is yeah. a way to get someone who can help us right now. And, you know, I feel bad that a lot of people used a lot of time, the, the Lakers scouts included, probably. Um, but well, I guess is, this is now two drafts in a row, right? Where the Lakers don't make a pick at all. No, no. So, so that's kind of, I, I found that their a most little recent intriguing. actual pick was THT. Right. That was two, two, now three yeah, drafts. Two drafts ago. Yeah. Three draft. Yes. Three drafts yeah. ago. Yes. Right. So, uh, yeah. So I, 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 so like in terms of, in terms of pieces lost, the, the, the tough one here is KCP. And it's tough to do that for a player in Russell Westbrook that I just, I still have questions about fit. That's, that's all I am. That's the, that's the only place that I'm coming from here, especially when you consider the fact that like minutes prior, it looked like the Lakers were going to get buddy healed. Like, like literal minutes prior minutes before the Lakers uh, before Sean's Karania reported that the Lakers had uh, made serious progress on this deal with Westbrook. Uh, it Woj was out there telling people this being uh, Montrez Harrell opting into his contract that happening opens the pathway now for the Lakers to make their progress on the heel trade. I thought, awesome. It sounded like the deal was done from his original tweet. I was like, is he saying it's done? I couldn't exactly tell. And then he's like, sources, deal is not done yet. And I was like, oh, okay. So they're still like haggling over specific picks or, you know, whatever. But this is probably going to happen. But ended up not happening. And one of our, one of our, you know, one of the things that you and I were talking about a ton when you and I were just kind of going back and forth about what the offseason kind of looked like was it seemed to me that Buddy Heald was plan B and the Lakers were waiting on plan A, Russell Westbrook. And and in this case, Washington decided, apparently after talking to Bradley Beal and apparently after Bradley Beal and, and Russell Westbrook spoke to each other, Washington decided okay, yeah, we'll take that deal for Russell Westbrook. And, and you know, that's that's why I was kind of curious about how much we were hearing about Buddy Heald because usually for role players, and I, I, and, and I think I'm right in saying that the Lakers consider Russ a star and Buddy Heald a role player. Well, usually in... Yes, according to Eric Pincus in his article on Bleacher Report afterwards, he reported that, uh, that Westbrook and Chris Paul were actually plan B for the Lakers if Dame and Beal didn't demand a trade to the Lakers. That was plan A. Mm-hmm. Uh, plan B was Westbrook and, uh, and or Paul, but Paul's fun to the, uh, run to the finals kind of ruled that out. Mm-hmm. And then, like, as Heald was in the C tier. So, yes, they did. Right. That, you know, your read is absolutely correct. That is what's been reported as was their preference. Yeah. And, and, and look, like usually for role players, we don't hear about the trades for role players until they actually happen, right? Like we yeah. saw that with Dennis Schroeder, where if the Lakers are going to make a play for a C tier player, then usually we hear about it right after it happens. So it was always kind of interesting to me how many leaks we were getting regarding different combinations that were uh, different iterations of the trade and all of that. Like it really struck me as interesting. Uh, that that was how that conversation was going and then you know it just turns out that the lakers were waiting on on russ which you know it goes back to this is just this is just them and me looking at basketball differently the lakers value talent above all else yeah i i value fit i i really care about fit and and so that's this that was your point when you and i talked about it last time is that 
the Lakers care more about talent. Yeah. And, uh, you know, usually that is how players feel, you know, players, I, I think generally, you know, when you're, uh, when you're playing pickup and stuff like that, it's like, give me the best guys. This is obviously, yeah. again, this is much higher stakes than pickup, but mm-hmm. you know, most of the time when you're picking pickup teams, you're not like, well, like, you know, do we need a shooter? Or, I mean, beyond like, we need one larger guy to guard some other larger guy or something like that, like the matchups. And generally when players are out there, I think they're just like, you know, oh, Russell Westbrook, he's a problem. I want that guy. You know, like, he's somebody Mm -hmm. I want to go to war with. He plays really hard. He is, like, really passionate and all of this stuff. And those are the things that I think players often value a lot more than those of us on the outside. And the Lakers are essentially run by players. You know, it's like Rob Polinka, again, he is Rob Polinka's agent. I'm not saying he does nothing or anything like that, but Rob is a former player agent. Rob very much works with Anthony Davis and LeBron. This is something that he admits as much. So Mm -hmm. this is, again, this is not just, you know, people were talking about fire Polinka. Uh, You know, Polinka probably saw this as a good move. I'm not saying that he didn't or anything like that. Yeah. You know, he was an agent to the stars. He probably has much like very similar yeah, philosophies was, on these. He was facilitating of what his clients want. His clients in this case happen to be Anthony Davis and LeBron James, and they maybe wanted Russ, you know, yeah. and, and, and if I that is the that, case, that's how this is always going to go. Yeah. And they are going to say more of like, okay, yeah, I mean, that fit stuff is overrated. If you just give us the most talented guys, mm-hmm. we're going to figure it out. We've seen that oh, time and time again over the course of this, you know, oh no, really just over the course of this regime, you know, they wanted to add Kawhi Leonard, even though it would have made, you know, like the the rest of the roster would have been extremely thin if they yeah. had added Kawhi during that summer. But they said, no, let's go get the talent. Let's get the most top end talent possible. We will figure out the back end stuff. This is L.A. Guys will want to come here and play to win. We saw that. La- you know, I'm sure there have been other examples of this, but, you know, we saw it with Dennis Schroeder and Trez. Let's go yeah. get the more talented guys. Let's upgrade the roster in terms of pure talent, 2K points perspective. You know, we saw it at the buyout market with let's get Drummond. Drummond is, again, you know, he is a more naturally talented basketball player than any of the, at least in terms of large centers, than any of the guys that the Lakers had at that point in their career. You know, obviously Mark was a a much better player than Drummond in his prime, but he's just not that. And I can see why they're like, give me the bouncy, you know, or not bouncy with Drummond, but give me like, yes, give me the mobile kind of big, the high draft pedigree, the guy that AD came up with in AAU camps, all this stuff. Give me that really talented guy. We will get him in here in a limited role. He will be able to make an impact. And we're seeing the same thing with Russ now. This is how they view the game. And so there have been times when it worked out. There were times like when they wanted Rondo, you know, they wanted Rondo because they said, that's a guy I can go to war with. He'll make big plays in the playoffs. We trust him. It ended up working Mm -hmm. out despite Rondo turning into all-time terrible regular seasons in the lead-up to the playoffs. And I'm not saying this is like playoff rust or something like that, but they've been right about Please, some of these. Please, dear God, don't turn into playoff rust, because playoff <laughs> rust is like the opposite of playoff Rondo. But yeah. Oh, my God. Well, we don't know. Maybe playoff rust with LeBron and AD is different. Uh, but I think... You know, with Drummond, obviously, we didn't see as great of results there. With Trez, we certainly didn't see as great of results there. With Dennis, you know, certainly, I think, again, I'm I'm a little bit more, you know, pro-Drummond than you are, both as the person and I think as the player. You know, he was honestly fine in that Sun series for the most part. But, you know, Trez and Dennis were not. 
And I think that we've seen these decisions work out. We've seen them not work out. But the thing that we've learned and the thing that we learned from this trade is that they want talent above all else. Russell Westbrook is more talented than any of the other guys that they've been linked to as a basketball player. We can talk about fit. We can talk about how does that work with yeah. the Lakers and in that team construct. Those are different conversations. But in terms of or even where he is right talent, now is even like where he is in his career right now compared to where some of the other guys are at their careers too. Cause that needs to be sure, pointed out as well. He's slowing sure. down. He's not exactly a spring chicken. Sure. But he was incredible in the second half last season. As soon as he got healthy after the all-star break, he was on a tear, but almost single-handedly dragged the wizards to the playoffs. Yeah. He can still very much play that Dennis Schroeder could not have done what Russell Westbrook did last season. No. KCP Kuz, none of these guys outgoing in the trade. Absolutely I can not. see why the Lakers wanted to make this move for a guy that with that level of talent again I think the fit is a very different conversation and whether or not that level of talent and output will translate to LA obviously he's going to take a step back in usage he's going to take a step back in raw box score production but is it going to harm the kind of floor ecosystem we won't really know until we see what other moves they make and whether or not this trade expands to include Buddy Heald I think that's unlikely as of right now based on all the reporting and all of the signs and everything but who knows it could happen um, but we can't fully judge this, I think, until we see the Absolutely deal actually not. go yeah. through. But they got the most talented player in the trade. That is worth something. I'm not saying that there aren't problematic elements to this, but they got the most talented guy in the trade, and that does mean something, regardless of contract, regardless of fit. Yeah, and, and also, like, I also want to say, I totally get why Lakers fans are excited about this. Like, I, 2015 me would be over the freaking mountains over this thing. I, I would be jumping for joy at the notion that one day I would get to watch LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook play on the Lakers together. I totally get that. I really, honest to God, do. I can totally relate to just the straight fandom of, I really want to see this Shut the bleep up until we get to see this. I totally and Westbrook get it. Westbrook is an objectively fun to watch player when he's not being sagged off by defenses and coming up here. Like during the regular season, Russ is has always been throughout his entire well, career, other than the injured portions, an unbelievably exciting player. Well, I, I, he's he's very exciting when he gets to play Russ basketball. Like that's yeah. basically what he said when he was leaving Houston. Was that like I got to get back to playing Russ basketball? Which is again what I fall back on is that. There was a lot of talk today of, oh, man, Russ has never been a third option before. It's like, <laughs> you going to tell Russ he's a third option? Because I for sure, for hell, <laughs> I am not telling him that. He probably thinks Anthony Davis is the third option. He, like, that's that's how that's probably going in Russ's mind. So, so we were. He joking. might even yeah. think well, LeBron is the second option. Like LeBron, actually, you're better at spacing the floor. No, than I, am. Okay, I should, not, I should but- probably be the floor general. Even a parody version of Russ knows that LeBron <laughs> is the first option over him. Okay. Like, I think, I, I think this much is clear. Even this, like, you know, a, a grandized fake version of Russ that we've made Russ up. Russ was that, telling KD he was the second option. Yeah. But like, that was young Russ. You know, okay. like, he's, he's, he's in the 30s now. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, Wise we were joking Taylor earlier Swift today. Yeah, we were joking earlier today that like they're all in the group chat right now, and like Melo's like, no, I'm the third option. Like AB's the fourth option on this team. You know, like <laughs> no, it's like it's like that Anakin and uh, that that Anakin meme, right? Where <laughs> where where LeBron says to Russ, like, all right, man, you're you're the second option, right? 
wait, you're, you're, you're the second option, right? Like, like, AD's I, like, LeBron, you're still passing the torch to me, right? but so so i also want to say this like if if like this is purely from from the offensive side of the basketball like i still think there is a way to maybe make this work if the other two shooters that are on the court with lebron russ and anthony davis if those two guys can shoot the ball then i think that lineup can still work and and what those other two shooters look like, I, I still don't know. Um, the one thing, like you were talking earlier, and I, I think this is a really important point to come back to and really hit hard, is that if, and this, is, this was per Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report, if the Lakers landed Russell Westbrook, other veterans across the league were going to be interested in going to the Lakers. Because like you were saying earlier, the way that NBA players view basketball is through a very different prism than the way that I view basketball. They don't care about fit. They're saying, "Oh shit, what do they know? Three monsters." No, no, I'm, I'm not trying. I'm just, I'm, not trying I'm just to messing. I'm, I'm, just I'm really not trying you. to devalue it. Like, I'm just, I'm just saying it's different. Because You're honestly being remarkably composed, com- considering how I expected I'm, you to be full meltdown exhausted. mode. Okay. I am so right. tired. I'm yeah, so all right. Tired. The Twitter spaces for all of you that Anthony's <laughs> going to do tomorrow is going to be more unhinged. So if you're looking for that, I did a Twitter spaces Twitter. today. Yeah, but you're like, doing one tomorrow. Like, we had like yeah. five. Yeah, I am. I'm doing that too. But I we had like 500 people in that thing today. Yeah. Congratulations to 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 everybody who who hopped in there and and listened to me rant and rape. But but for for like the way that. NBA players are looking at this around the league. I'm sure they're saying those are three monsters over there. That's the title favorite. It's between the Lakers now and Brooklyn. And now they're just going to start. We just saw it last year with Brooklyn where Blake Griffin signs up to play there. And, and, and Andre Drummond was actually rumored in being interested in going to Brooklyn, even though there was a, a, a awkward fit over there as well. And um, I'm missing another player who went to Brooklyn later too. Oh, LaMarcus Aldridge also went yeah. before he had to mm-hmm. um, retire. So the I'm sure we're going to see a similar kind of arms race here where the veterans who are on the open market are looking at this and saying, oh man, I'm either going to go to LA or I'm going to go to Brooklyn and I'm going to go play with the three stars that they have over there. And in that respect... Like Buddy Buddy Heel doesn't do that for the Lakers. So in that no. respect, there is value in going out and getting Russell Westbrook because he allows the Lakers to go out and get a better player for significantly less potentially than they would have gotten if it was just Buddy Heel coming over, even if they keep KCP. Like no no superstar out there is gonna say, like, oh dang, Buddy Healed, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and KCP. Yeah, sign me up for that against Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and uh, why am I blanking on the third guy? Oh, James Harden. Like, <laughs> like that's like that's how NBA players kind of view this, and and so I, I think that's a factor here that I probably underrated in my initial distaste for Russell Westbrook. My distaste for Russell Brett Westbrook is just purely from a basketball fit perspective, and we we just we don't know what that's going to look like yet because there still are nine at least nine roster spots that the Lakers have to go out and fill over the next like. Two weeks. Yeah. So I want to end on this uh, before we get to your, your most embarrassing story. Okay. Um, what was your, what was your favorite thing to aggregate today? Because I'm sure you've been right. You probably wrote like 
3,500 things <laughs> over the course of the day. No, I, I mean, honestly, I, I had I had a lot of fun just kind of reacting to the Rust trade and trying to figure out uh, a way to, you know, keep the blog updated with the latest developments. And then once yeah. it was, like, basically official, it sounded like the terms were agreed to, actually really react to the move. So I enjoyed getting to do that. And, uh, I, I mean, I just think that it's... You know, we can judge Russell Westbrook off of these past kind of failures and foibles and places that he probably thought he was better than he was and all of that. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't take any of that into consideration as as factors in how he will view his role on this team, what kind of role he will accept, all of those things. I just think it's a little different when it's LeBron James and Anthony Davis versus like just James Harden or, you know, just Bradley Beal. And then the KD stuff like that, that was young guys coming up through the league. That's not the same as like Westbrook now to me. Again, we we don't know how it's going to work. Well, but he also like the the fit there with James Harden in Houston wasn't great. And he wanted the ball more in Houston, even though he had James Harden next to him, who is maybe the most efficient player in the NBA. I mean, look, James Harden would be extremely grating to play with. I I, I get that. Oh, sure. Fine. But like and you still have to be realistic to about like what that guy can do with the basketball in his hands, you know. Yeah. So I just, I just think, like, I this is the other, this is go ahead, go ahead. The other part of this that I wanted to add that I think it hasn't been played up enough is that you know I think that doing this really does signal that that report of them viewing AD more as a center and you know all of yeah, the reporting about them wanting yes. another playmaker because they want to go small, they want to embrace that. You know, I just don't see any possible way. That they go into the season with, you know, Russ, LeBron, AD, and like Drummond or something as the right. starter. And then like one other shooter, what a token shooter, you know, something like that. I just, I see no way that they think that that is going to work. And it's not like they're asking Russ to come off the bench. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I think like. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm crazy, but I feel like this move signals that AD is willing to start at center, you know, and just willing to be a center. I, again, I don't know. And I also think that, you know, as far as the Russ analysis, like, again, I know he's expensive. I know the like there's this reputation of Russ on NBA Twitter is, oh, he's inefficient. He can't shoot. He's way overpriced, worst contract in the league. You know, all of those things are true to different degrees. And he does have one of the worst contracts in the league. But that mm-hmm. said, there's only two years left on it. And, you know, again, we talked about the this for two years versus paying Dennis whatever his rate is for more, for four. And also the, just the fact of, I think Russ can be a better version of what Dennis was last year. Again, it remains to be seen if he accepts that role, but it's not like Dennis was shooting the lights out while he was with the Lakers or something nope. like that. And so uh, to me, this is a souped up, I mean, obviously way more expensive on annual year value, but this is a souped up version of Dennis, who's the guy that everyone was kind of halfway talking themselves back into. Like, well, actually, when they were <laughs> well, healthy. When, when, he, you know, when he was on the table, it was like, oh, you know, maybe. When they were healthy, Dennis actually. was pretty good, actually. You know, so maybe <laughs> we make this work. Yeah. You know, there's no reason that Russ can't be, a, is it facsimile? Is that how you say that word out loud? Yeah, that's, of, that's yeah. Yeah, of what Dennis was. And so I I am probably maybe irrationally at this point optimistic on this move. And I do think that, you know, again, the shooting is a concern, but I I think that we're going to see AD play at least 50% of his minutes at center next year, even if he doesn't start there. It needs to be higher than 50. I think it could be be 50 or 60. I think that we can see playoff AD 
you know, in the regular season. I think he's heard all this talk about him this offseason. How could you not? And we saw the last time that he had a bunch of people talking about his reputation all offseason and how he looked for the Lakers that year and then even took it up another level during the playoffs. I'm, I'm excited to see how he comes back. And I do think that there's a very good chance that he is willing to embrace being a center now after watching how last year went and with this move. I don't know if he starts like this is where I think Marcus all actually has some value because Mark, could if he doesn't retire, well, we, yeah, still right. See. Right. So, yeah. but if, if Mark doesn't retire, he could be like your token, like 10 minute a night starter. And then from there on out, those minutes have to go to AD because you just, you can't have AD at the, at the four with a non-floor spacing five with Russell Westbrook out there and LeBron James out there. And apparently uh, DeMar DeRozan at the mid-level exception, if if that's the direction that that actually goes down. I don't think it's going to, but still. All right. Let's, it would be let's... like they were specifically trolling you at that. At that point, we have to consider the possibility that Rob Palinka is only signing guys to piss you off. <laughs> Pete's just like relaying my tweets to Rob Palinka. No, he, he's just an avid listener of the podcast and hates you. <laughs> I think that's like I, that. If they sign, if they if they add DeRozan and resign, it could only Drummond, be like one of a million people based on today. <laughs> yeah, if they re, if they resign, if they re, if they sign Demar and they resign yeah. Drummond, then we have to just conclude that he just hates you. I, yeah. I think that's the only explanation. Or LeBron hates you at that point. Like it's LeBron. <laughs> he both. saw the wash tweet and he's like, "I'm going to win one more title and then I'm going to ruin this guy's life." <laughs> All right, I want I want to end on your your most embarrassing sports moment. I got to hear okay. this. So most embarrassing. Is it your coaching sport- moment? Because it can it can, can it be the coaching moment? <laughs> no, I can't tell that story on the air. I. No, don't tell that story. Yeah, it's video not, games. Not- video games are not considered a sport, I don't think. And so, my most embarrassing injury ever, by far, was one time not realizing that the back room of my house had been fumigated and sitting back there and playing video games while ingesting spider poison for about an hour um, oh my God. and completely <laughs> losing my voice. I, I don't know if you remember this. I had to bow out of podcasting because I could not, like I could not talk. I, I sounded like Yoda or something. It was horrible. <laughs> uh, and until my dad finally came back there and he said, you're sitting back here. You're not supposed to be back here. The door was shut. And I'm like, what does that mean? The door was put a sign up. <laughs> Uh, but that's not really an athletic injury. I guess my most embarrassing athletic injury was it was probably the time that I broke my wrist and I didn't realize it. And so I like had to, I broke my wrist going for a loose ball against my PE teacher in a pickup game. Uh, <laughs> and he was just stronger than me and just yeah. snapped my arm and snapped oh my, my God, hand all the way through? back. Oh, yeah. No, we both went for the ball, like, pushing for it like this, trying to push it out and get out on the break. And yeah. so we both did that, like, at the same time. And he was a lot stronger than me. And so my fingertips touched the back of my forearm. And oh, no. I played the rest of the game left-handed because I was like, oh, it's just hurt or whatever. I Mamba. went through the rest of the day with an ice bag on my arm and just, like, continued to just, like, I couldn't write in class. I ended up, like, falling behind on work. My teachers were really mad at me. They thought I was, like, milking it. Because they didn't see the injury. And then 
I, uh, after school, I ended up like going home and I went to the doctor and they're like, oh yeah, you broke your wrist. And so I had to go around. I was, this was the day before Christmas vacation. And so I had to go around Canada an entire winter vacation when we were doing like skiing, snow, like we were supposed to get yeah. ski, snowboard, bobsled, like all this like cool stuff at like a ski resort. And I was in a sling the entire time, <laughs> just walking around because I broke my wrist on a, in a pickup game against my PE teacher the last day before vacation. That's not, I guess that's not like that embarrassing but that's definitely my most memorable injury but like in school that is embarrassing like getting yeah. called out by your teachers is extremely embarrassing like yeah i remember i remember i broke my i broke my left wrist i'm left-handed and i was riding on like the overhead remember the the overhead that would project onto the overhead projector that would you know go onto whatever wall it was and i was riding on there and i had to use my right hand and i was riding super slow and my teacher was like why, why are you writing so slow? And I said, cause I'm left-handed. And then the lady was like, write faster with your right hand. So I wrote faster with my right hand, completely screwed up everything. And, and, and I just proceeded to just melt into my cast. Yeah. I also, there was the time, the other basketball injury I had, I, uh, I broke my ankle during a pickup game outside and immediately knew it was broken. Just like, it, it's a, like, there was a loud crack. I instantly screamed F word over and mm-hmm. over again. I broke it and I ended up getting assigned dictionary definitions to like rewrite because I was cursing. <laughs> I did not get like a free pass on that from my real hard ass of a teacher. Um, <laughs> So yeah, not only did I break my ankle and have to be put brought out of the school in two rolling chairs uh, to my mom's van, uh, yeah. but I also uh, had to write dictionary definitions when I got back. Was like Tipper Gore your your teacher? Like she no, was the she one just, who told rappers not to cuss, right? So no, like. she was just she was just very hard on me specifically because she knew that I could be great, and it ended up you know it drove me. But uh, yeah, I had to write like I literally she would make me write out the pronunciations of the words and stuff like that. It was psychopathic Man, in retrospect, brutal. But yeah, no wonder you like. I think you messing up how to pronounce things is it's just like it's it's a tick. It's I a have the yips tick. with it. Yeah, that's it. It's like <laughs> all right. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lounge and then this week's longer episodes across the Silver Screen and Roll podcast feed. I am, like Harrison said earlier, planning to do a Twitter Spaces again, the same way that we did earlier today, um, to take your guys' questions about where the Lakers might be going next. Uh, the Lakers have already picked up a couple uh, two-way players and then camp invites and stuff like that, so we'll go over some of that stuff as well. And then, as always, if anything breaks either over the weekend or whenever, I will be recording emergency Lakers lowdowns uh, to, to recap that stuff as well. So whenever the Lakers go out and get DeMar DeRozan and Andre Drummond, I'll be right back here trying to grin my I think way you have to, through I that. think you have to quit your job at that point. I don't think you can do this anymore. It's not I'd sue, I, I would sue the Lakers because I, I, <laughs> I would have to quit. They're creating a hostile work environment. 